Good morning and happy Friday. Today is January 13th of 2023, and this is your news roundup of what's happening in industrial automation. And this morning we'll start off with an article by ABB about an application where they used a lot of their quick picking robot arms to help a customer with packaging, unpackaging and packaging. And uh, the customer name is T-Way and they make Chinese food and uh, spices. And uh, there's a great video here. I'm actually gonna silence it. And um, the great video here that kind of goes through the application and what they did. And um, the article's pretty good too. And um, you can see here, as we go through the packaging, you can see how the robots are used to actually do pick and place operations and you know pick up packages that could be of any orientation. And then there they are right there, the quick pickers. And there's other robots in this application as well. But I thought it was a really good application story. And uh, if you're not familiar with their robots here, let me go over to, I think it was slide number nine. You can see this is uh, what most of the article is about is this section right here where they're picking and placing, picking up a, a you know, product and putting it in boxes and uh, whatnot. So a very interesting article, a lot of different facets to this project. There was a vision system, of course, and um, they have some other great videos up here too. They had one about pancake manufacturing and uh, packing up pancakes and whatnot. So uh, just a really nice uh, customer story from ABB that I wanted to cover here this morning. Next up, we have what's new with Copia Automation. Now, Copia Automation has been on the podcast a couple of times. They make a source control uh, solution based on Git. So, you know, if you know any, any of the big tech companies, they all use Git-based source control. And uh, Copia is trying to bring that to industrial automation. And uh, doing this for, you know, any industrial automation products you have, you can check in the files and check them out. Um, but they also do uh, like change monitoring and management and reporting for PLCs and other devices. And they have a new uh, product called Device Link, which will automatically upload your PLC files and store them either in the cloud or in your own local cloud. Um, so you have a backup. And then you can get a report of everything that's uh, different between the... Uh, between the original stored project and the new project that was just uploaded. And they're showing that here. They got a lot of new features in their latest release that they cover in here. I'm not gonna cover them all. You know, the link, all the links to today's stories will be at automate.news. And there's a text version of this video over at theautomationblog.com. And uh, I just wanted to go through here. I mean, I do like some of their enhancements to the reporting when it comes to changes in the actual code as well as um, tags, you know, see the differences in tags, as well as uh, the added support for RS Logics 5016 through 20. So they're going back and trying to grab more and more support for some of those older products. And then they add new support for like CodeSys 3.5. So a lot here, if this is something you're interested in, please uh, check out this article. You can also check out the two podcasts they were on at the Automation Podcast. So with that, let's go to our next story here. And this was a very interesting story from uh, the Association for Manufacturing Technology. And this particular story was talking about building an advanced cybersecurity plan. Now, I think a lot of people think of cybersecurity as a one and done thing. You buy a firewall, you put it in, you're done. And it's really more like trying to manage a corporate antivirus, right? You just not only have to have the software for it, but you have to have the updates and you have to monitor the reports coming out of the antivirus, right? The same thing is, with, uh, is true with cybersecurity because, you know, there are new threats coming out every day. People are finding new bugs and holes in software every day. And so it's something that really you need to have somebody standing on top of. And critically, you need somebody getting the reports out of the cybersecurity system and following up on those. 
So if let's say version XYZ has a hole in it that cyber, that uh, hackers could um, use to, you know, a vulnerability, they could use to take down your plant. Well, somebody needs to be aware of that and somebody needs to be um, implementing a fix for it, whether it's a firmware patch or blocking a port on the firewall or whatever it is. And so I thought they did a really good job going through that. And this actually, surprisingly, was part of a bigger series they've been doing. And so if you want to get up to speed, I mean, we've had several vendors on, including the ISA, on to talk about cybersecurity on the Automation Podcast. But uh, if you'd rather read something, they have a, a lot of great articles in this series. So I wanted to share that with you this morning. Next, we have an article from BNR. I've been following them for a while. This is the first new article I've seen from them. Um, and uh, it's really a pretty good article. And, and the crux of this article is they're talking about why should you look at adaptive manufacturing when you should look at it and how is it different than flexible manufacturing? And it's not a very long article, but they make some really good points in it about the difference between those two types of manufacturing. And you know, if you're just producing the same product 24 seven, 365, you probably don't need either, right? But if you have to adapt, if you're driven by, like I know I've had several customers over the years who had products that the customer, the end customer could configure on their website. So almost every, every uh, product they made could be different. And so adaptive manufacturing really fits a scenario like that. Whereas if you only have two or three SKUs that you run all year, then you probably just need a little bit of flexible manufacturing. So very interesting articles from the good folks over at BNR. Next up we have, and I, I, this is a, I had uh, these guys on the podcast and I was really excited to see this. This is a roundup of their top five articles for uh, 2022. Now, the reason I was excited about this is because I kind of lost touch with them after they came onto the podcast. And so it was great to see what they were writing about. And I really like what the audience felt was their top five articles. Like, I, they're very interesting to me as well. And the first was the 10 base T1L Ethernet standard, right? So twisted peer here. So um, very interesting, very exciting topic. I know there's been a lot of work done on this by a lot of different vendors. Um, another one is IO-Link safety, right? So you can have simple devices that need to have a safety connection, right? So in this case, you know, they're talking about um, signaling boxes. They're talking about safe drives, door interlocks. So um, yeah, there is a need for IO-Link safety and I'm glad to see it's finally maturing and coming out. So um, that's an excellent article there. Um, we talked about TSN earlier in the week and this is another article about TSN, time-sensitive Network, I believe it stands for, and this kind of falls under the IEC IEEE 60802 TSN profile for industrial automation. And so again, um, something that's uh, really coming and I think will really impact industrial automation in the coming years. I mean, several vendors are already have this embedded in their products. I know Siemens is adding it. And so, um, you know, something to think about and uh, another good article from the Profinet folks. And then uh, this is just an article uh, recapping the growth of Profinet in IO-Link. And then finally, they have their new products, right? So every month they do an article about all the new products and being the organization, right? They get all the information from everybody who's creating products and they can make a great list of what's new and happening. And I think if we go to, I don't think I have it linked there, but I believe... If we go up here to the top and go to product news, we can come over here to new products of January, 2023, and we can see some of what they list here. So, I mean, this is a CAN FD on Profinet device. So um, I didn't even know what CAN FD was. So I put a link at automate.news to our good friends over at Canon Automation. They have a great article about it. And um, 
Those you can see some other products here too. Um, Profinet interfaces, you know, miniaturized Profinet interfaces. We got servo drives with Profinet. Um, we got power supplies with IO Link. So everything that PI covers, which includes IO Link, Profinet, Profibus, and whatnot, um, will be show up in here. All the new products will show up in here in this list. So lots of new stuff for the month of January. And I thought it was very interesting. So I, I wanted to share it with you. Next up we have, now this is actually something I found on Twitter, not that Elon's in charge of Twitter. We've actually rejoined and I've started following some of these things. And I thought this um, article from Inductive Automation, the minds behind uh, Ignition, we've had them on the automation podcast recently as well, um, talking about spark plug compatibility program. So I thought that was very interesting. If you come over here and go to the link, um, you'll see a great um, uh, summary of this. And if you come over here to the about, so like what is Spock plug, right? So this, in this fact, it really goes through this. And I think they do a great job of summarizing or an analogy of what it is. Okay. So, um, in this analogy right here, they're really comparing Spock plug and MQTT to HTTP and HTML. Right, so we started off with HTTP, which is kind of like MQTT, right? It's, it's the defined data exchange protocol, but there was no really format to it. So when we got HTML, then we knew what bold text looks like. We knew what a link looked like. All that was defined, right? And that's kind of what SparkPug does for MQTT. So I wanted to share that with you. Uh, all the links up on the site. So if you want to learn more, you can do so right over here. And uh, next, now, if you are an electronics person like me, I went to college for electronics. I got my degree in electronics and, you know, PNP, NPN, you know, transistors, resistors, capacitors, and all that. It's very interesting to me. So this article might be for you because it talks about how to implement robust miniature EMI control in uh, circuits. And so uh, I won't go too deeply into this, but I thought this was a very interesting article. And it talks about the different types of capacitors used to, for safety, for overload protection and whatnot. And uh, I just thought it was an interesting article. And this is over at DigiKey. Uh, next up, we have our download for today. And uh, we only have one. And this is a firmware update for the ET200 SP IM155-6 PNR1. So this is, if you're running that product, you want to get this firmware update or at least investigate why um, you might want this upgrade for your product. Okay, next up we have, I thought this was interesting. It's a new brochure from Rockwell. And it talks about... Um, factory talk edge manager. Now, um, Siemens has an edge. We've talked about that on the show. They have an edge, uh, store for their, uh, unified comfort panels. Right. And, uh, it looks like Rockwell has added one as well to the edge managers. So it looks like this, uh, works with factory talk hub. I really, you know, this it's interesting stuff. I'd like to get your thoughts on factory talk hub and factory talk edge. So the little bit I've read about it, it's like, I'm still like not a, on the bleeding edge. I'm still like one of those laggards who thinks I want to have all my software on my VM permanently and not have to worry about internet connections in case the internet goes down or the plant network goes down. You know, the connection from OT to IT goes down. We just need to keep that OT network running. Right. So, um, but I'd love to know if any of you guys are thinking, Hey, you're going to move to it. I, I definitely see the advantage. I've been in so many engineering offices where there's like 50 engineers all sitting at desks, writing code and doing, you know, CAD drawings and schematics. So for uh, an environment like that, yeah, I can definitely see where it's, where it's awesome. Right. Cause 
those people have to have internet access 24-7. They're constantly downloading manuals and schematics and CAD drawings and, uh, you know, models for SolidWorks, right? But for the guy who's actually on the plant floor during the day trying to get the PLCs and HMIs, keeping them running, upgrading them and whatnot, I'm not sure this would be a good fit. But I'd love to know your thoughts on that. You can comment either at automate.news, you can comment over at the automation blog or wherever we share this. We share this across multiple platforms. Okay, so next we have, and this is our uh, last document we're gonna cover today. This is um, a new document covering uh, Rockwell Automation, Alan Bradley, NEMA, Contactors and Starters. And as I was going through this, I'm like, yeah, there's some really good information in here. So if you do use Rockwell Starters and Contactors, you may wanna grab a copy of this because it does all the comparisons. It has a lot of great information. It's like a mini catalog you know, with all the specs in it, like on the PLC side, like a selection guide. But um, I'm sure they have other documents too, which are more fluffy, but this seemed to be a lot of brass tacks, a lot of part numbers, a lot of specifications. So I wanted to share that with you. And with that, it's now time for our online training course spotlight. I teach online at theautomationschool.com. And uh, I wanted to highlight, this is my second course that I've ever filmed. It's called PLC Basics, a second edition. Uh, the first edition was the original one I did in 2014 for the Kickstarter. And then I followed up and I redid it and I expanded it. And uh, that's uh, what is known as PLC Basics Second Edition. And uh, I used the Micrologix 1100 and 1000 in this because the software for those are free. And the emulator is free. So you don't even have to buy one of those old PLCs. You can use the free software and free emulator. And I wanted to show you the enrollment options here. I, the original is $49. There's actually, for those, um, especially overseas in, in uh, the, the second and third world, I do have the original course still available for $25. We call that PLC Core Basics First Edition. But here the second edition is $49 and the extended is $99. And um, again, the extended comes with, like all my extended courses, the extended, the level one and two, that comes with the next gen course I'm gonna do in 2023. And specifically on this one, because everybody who's in this course has already taken PLC Basics, I'm going to do a specific course just on the entire Micrologix family. I do hope next year to reboot PLC Basics covering, you know, as many different PLCs as I have here, you know, just kind of do a, like a generic all PLC, PLC Basics, maybe a third edition, um, bringing a lot of IEC 61131-3 into that. But for now, uh, if you sign up in this, you want to get started with PLCs from scratch, if you get the extended edition, the level one and two, then you will get the new Ultimate Micrologics edition in the future. And um, if you want to see the details of everything covered in here, you can see we got a ton of uh, reviews. It's one of my older courses, so lots of reviews in here. These are actual customer reviews. They were not solicited at all. Um, and you can see all the topics I cover. And again, all my courses come with lifetime support. So if you take this course, and you can take the course as many times as you need, so this is something I learned very early in, early in the 90s. We used to have a paper mill come in and take the same training course every year because the equipment in the field wasn't breaking. So they needed that refresher every year to get back up to speed on a product that's not breaking, but they need to be able to service if needed. And with so many people in the E&I shop, you know, maybe one or two would work on it all year if there was a little problem, but all 12 would not. And so that's why I make these courses lifetime access. So you pay for it once and you get access forever. And this is great. If you have a bunch of people in your E&I shop, um, we can sign you up. We do group enrollment. We can sign them all up. They will have access forever. If one of them quits and you want to put somebody else in their seat, we will prorate the cost. So if the guy who quit only used half of the cost, we will prorate it and then, then refresh that seat for 50%. And again, it's like a knowledge base for them because they can come back anytime and take a look at it, right? And re refresh themselves on it. 
Um, and it comes with a completion certificate. We put the PDH hours on there. So if you have a stipend for earning so many PDH hours every year, uh, we put the value on there, what it would take to actually do the course. Now, all the exercises in my courses are optional because a lot of people are learning at home and they don't actually have an expensive piece of equipment to learn on. So we don't require that you finish the uh, optional exercises to actually get your certificate. The other thing too is if you did buy a lower cost course, like let's say you bought the $50 course, you wanna go to the $100 course, we upgrade you for just a difference in price. So um, we wanna we want to protect your investment in the initial course so you can go from there to the higher course. And then if you wanna to go to a bundle um, and save money that way, we always upgrade just difference of cost. So I did wanna focus on that today and, and talk about that. It's um, it's, um, I'm looking forward to redoing this and just doing all kinds of stuff that I wasn't able to cover in the first one. We've gotten so much new hardware, so many sensors and products and network stuff that we've been able to acquire over the last, well, it's been 10 years now, um, that uh, I'm really looking forward to redoing this one. Um, and with that, that brings us to birthday. So if you want to connect with me, you'll see right over here is my LinkedIn uh, username. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you have your date, birthday in your uh, LinkedIn profile, you'll show up here on this list. I like to wish all my connections a happy birthday every single day. And uh, so when it's their birthday. So um, in this case, today's birthdays are Christopher, George, Mohammed, Jared, Bigadu, Edson, Thomas, John, uh, Bipin, Kerry, Chinton, Olari, Edelson, Brian, Sam, Richard, and Carmen. And uh, I just want to wish you all a very happy birthday. Even if you're not on my connections and today's your birthday, please have an awesome birthday. We really uh, hope your day is special and that you have an awesome day. And with that, I just wanted to go over and talk about uh, automation.locals.com. For the price of a cup of coffee a month, you can join our community. You can post questions. You can answer questions. You can uh, get access to special member-only uh, downloads. And um, yeah, so you can see this is, uh, this is uh, what the site looks like. And with that, I do have a new question up there that I have to answer. So I will be getting to that later this morning. But with that, I wanna go over to uh, automate.news just to remind you that all the links from today are here. Uh, I will be uh, shortly after, once I start rendering and uploading this uh, episode, I'll be going over and doing the text version of this uh, show over at the automationblog.com so you can read it if you're not someplace where you can listen to it. And with that, don't forget, you can submit a news tip, you can get in touch with us, you can check out our training, our blog, or just see all the past episodes of the show um, here. Okay, you can see them all here. And so this says automation this morning, you click on it, let's pick uh, this one here. And you can see the text version of the show, but also an ad-free version of this video. And the audio version, now, I do plan on getting that going out to podcasting sites. It's just I've been so busy at the beginning of the year here with all the, you know, beginning of the year stuff you got to do when you own a business. But uh, eventually you'll be able to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and Google and all those places to the audio-only edition, which I know a lot of people will appreciate because that's easier to listen to when you're driving, right? So with that, I just want to thank you all for tuning in today for our Friday uh, rundown of automation news and what's new and happening. And with that, I just want to wish you all an awesome weekend. And until next time, peace.